Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Friday, the 25th of September. Today, we're going to brief you on the upcoming Winter Olympics. Yeah, Tokyo's been postponed for a year, but the, the year after that, they're supposed to be in China. But there's a campaign to strip Beijing of the Winter Games. Well, we've got together and we believe that uh, China should not be uh, given the opportunity to promote itself through the Winter Olympics in Beijing. So why are they trying to take the Olympics off China? And what chance do they have of actually doing it? We'll get to that in a moment. First, Jan is here. Let's do the news. Hello, Tom. I am indeed here. And it is D-Day for Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, who's in the hot seat on the final day of the inquiry into the hotel quarantine bungle that led to Victoria's second wave. Yeah, it's hoped the state will finally get some answers. So far, the Emergency Management Commissioner, the Police Chief Commissioner, the Jobs Minister and now the Health Minister all claim they don't know who made the decision to have private security guards manning the hotels housing return travellers. Yeah, yesterday Health Minister Jenny Makarkos told the hearing that she actually wasn't informed until after the outbreaks had started in late May. I had no reason to be turning my mind to, to, to their whatever role that they were playing. I do not know who made that decision. So she was in charge of that system as the health minister and she didn't know until late May. It started in late March. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, has told Seven that the fact that she didn't know is just not good enough. It was quite unbelievable, really. That whole um, inquiry uh, led by a former judge was set up to provide answers to the Victorian people. Well, we might get an answer today. Yeah. The Premier Dan Andrews will, will take the stand. Well, maybe he'll do what he did last time and tell everyone that indeed it was him that made the final decision after a bit of toing and froing. Yeah, that's what happened with the curfew. We heard from a couple of different people who you thought might have been involved, like Brett Sutton, the mm. Chief Health Officer in, in Victoria, and it turned out that the Premier stepped up and said it was my call. Um, it's all heading towards a big climax later today. Yeah, I mean, this inquiry has been going since May. Today is the last day the Premier is going to be fronting. Uh, so it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say and it'll be interesting to hear what the findings will be. The most high-profile criminal trial in Western Australian history is over, with Bradley Robert Edwards found to be the infamous Claremont serial killer. The 51-year-old has been found guilty of murdering young women Jane Rimmer and Kira Glennon, who went missing after a night out in the Perth suburb of Claremont in the late 90s. Yeah, one of the key bits of evidence uh, was that Edwards' DNA was found under Kira Glennon's fingernail during testing in 2008. The Claremont killings struck at the heart of our way of life, stretching back almost a quarter of a century. Three innocent young women were killed along with the hopes and dreams they never got to fulfil. That was Police Commissioner Chris Dawson speaking there. Edwards, however, was found not guilty of killing teenager Sarah Spears, whose body has never been found, although the justice said it was likely that he had done it. Here's Premier Mark McGowan. Mr Edwards, if you know where Sarah Spears is, can you please tell us? It's the time to do the right thing. And yesterday, police said they still hadn't given up on finding the third victim, Sarah Spears. So far, this investigation has run for over 20 years and has involved 700 officers. It'll be easier to get a home loan, a credit card or move your mortgage to another bank under a major shake-up to lending laws being proposed by the government today. Yeah, the Treasurer will announce a plan to 
Scrap responsible lending laws brought in after the GFC. Now, this change will effectively just put a bigger onus on would-be borrowers about whether they can repay a loan or not. Yeah, and if the government can get it through Parliament, it'll come into effect around March next year. The Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, says the goal is to get more people borrowing to kickstart the economy and I imagine to make sure the housing market doesn't collapse. Mm, in other monetary news of sorts, um, Job Seeker, formerly New Start, is today being slashed by $300 a fortnight and that'll go down to $815 for around 800,000 people today. On Monday, JobKeeper will be split into two tiers and reduced. So if you're a full-time employee who works more than 20 hours on average a week, you will get $1,200 per fortnight compared to what you're getting now, which is $1,500. And if you're a part-time employee and you worked less than 20 hours a week, you'll get $750 per fortnight. Yeah, so this is a big moment where I guess people are having to confront the economic reality that we're now living in post-corona or during corona. Time to download an app, get your finances in order, know what's coming in, know what's going out. Up next, the Winter Olympics. Should a country have the privilege to host the Olympic Games if the government of that country is doing something really harmful to its citizens? Hosting the Olympics is a a glorious privilege and it's often a really positive PR moment for the host nation. So could it be used to whitewash something terrible that might be happening in that country? Yeah, we're talking about sport and politics in this briefing because there are calls to stop China from hosting the 2022 Winter Olympics. I now have the honour of asking the President of the People's Republic of China... To open the game. You think what I'm thinking, Jan? Definitely not. Threadbow 2022? I don't know if that's going to fly. No. 160 human rights groups actually have delivered a joint letter to the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, calling for Beijing to be stripped of the games over its crackdown on the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong and also on the detention of Uyghurs. Yeah, the Uyghurs are a Muslim minority, um, a group of around 13 million people that live mostly in the western Chinese province of Xinjiang. And according to research from human rights advocates, approximately one million Uyghurs have been put into these re-education camps and there are allegations that in those camps there's forced sterilisation, children who are forcibly removed from their parents, essentially pointing towards cultural genocide, which means wiping out a group of people. Yeah, now the IOC has said that human rights are in fact firmly anchored in the Olympic Charter. So the question is, should China be stripped of the Games? And is it too late, given that they were awarded the Games back in 2015? The Interparliamentary Alliance on China is an organisation made up of politicians and legislators from 17 different countries around the world, and they're calling on Beijing to be stripped of the Games. So Ian Duncan-Smith is the former leader of the British Conservative Party and the founder of this alliance. Ian, exactly what are you calling for and why? Well, we've got together and we believe that uh, China should not be uh, given the opportunity to promote itself through the Winter Olympics in Beijing. We've already asked the governments to either boycott the Olympics or get the IOC to move them. Half a million now find themselves in these labour camps. And if you add all together what China's been up to recently with regards to both its 
internal concerns, you know, from the Falun Gong through Christians, through the Uyghurs, through the Tibetans. Externally, they're bullying in the South China Seas and illegal takeover there. They're bullying of India on the border. There are problems in Hong Kong where they're arresting people and breaking a treaty and their threats towards Taiwan. You begin to get a sense that this country really doesn't seem to care too much about both human rights and also uh, diplomatic relations, great uh, sporting tournaments. It shouldn't be awarded to countries whose record in these areas is so shockingly bad. It encourages others to think, well, nothing will ever be done. So I think this is important, and I think the IOC needs to think again about where they are going to put these Olympics. What sort of impact do you think that stripping them of the 2022 Winter Olympics would have, or what impact are you hoping it will have? Well, I hope it will force uh, the beginnings of a rethink in China. You can never quite figure out these things because the Chinese Communist Party is almost impenetrable at times. But the reality is that if it turns out that Western governments, not just the Olympic decision, but subsequently about where they place their money, where they invest, start to begin to think again about the nature of you know, purchasing things from Huawei and having TikTok available uh, in, in their countries. So how much support and momentum do you have for your campaign? Are you just a few MPs in in the UK who don't want these Olympics to go ahead or are you mounting a sizable campaign here? Uh, well, it's the beginnings of a campaign to try and get people to realise that uh, athletes go traipsing over to China and China is able to make publicity of it. So more and more uh, MPs are lining up. But it's actually a pretty wide group. Uh, it's left and right uh, in our place and it's left and right across all these 17 different countries. And I think this is the beginning of a realisation that China has to be confronted about all of this, because if we don't do it now, then in their plan, as you know, expressed by President Xi, uh, is to become the most powerful military nation on earth uh, by 2049 and the most powerful economic nation. Mm. Now, that possibility lies in the hands of the free world, because, of course, they need that investment, they need that money, they need that trade to be able to achieve what I think is a very aggressive objective. Uh, and so we have the capability to say, no, 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 no. That was Ian Duncan-Smith, founder of the Interparliamentary Alliance on China. Yeah, interestingly, he also told us that British athletes should boycott the Games if the IOC refuses to move them to another host country. So should our athletes be doing the same? Yeah, former Socceroo turned human rights activist Craig Foster has played football in stadiums around the world, including Singapore and Hong Kong. He says that it shouldn't be up to individual athletes to make those decisions. When I was an athlete, I wasn't educated in this field. So athletes tend to not be human rights activists. Um, you know, they're, they're so focused on their own career, which, of course, is very important. As we move forward, they need to understand that other athletes around the world are also being abused, um, you know, by many of the member nations through the sport which you're playing. So for athletes around the world, it's very much a new field. We need a new set of education and it's going to come down to the own ad, uh, athletes' personal sensibilities. You know, mm. some people are, have a deep social conscience. Others are not going to be so concerned. So it has to be an individual decision. That's why it's so important that the institutional framework deals with this so that the athletes are not placed in a position currently that they are mm. where it becomes, well, should I protest? Should I do something? Craig Foster says that when it comes to Beijing 2022, the IOC should step in. If this mass detention is going on and China have tried to characterise this in a framework of anti-separatism, uh, anti-terrorism, 
whilst you know the rest of the world and the UN Human Rights Council and Human Rights Commissioner is saying, okay, this is an egregious human rights abuse, at the same time, China will not allow the UN to send in independent arbiters to uh, review uh, you know, precisely what's going on. And until that occurs, my view is that the IOC cannot be in a position to allow China to move ahead. So the first option must be uh, don't forget, of course, that the International Olympic Committee is an independent observer with the UN. Mm-hmm. So they're actually part of the UN framework. So they are, they are arguably obligated or certainly perfectly positioned to say, well, the next step is, given what you know, the world has heard, the world has seen, and China is in part refuting, we want the UN independent arbiters to be in there immediately. We need to know what's going on. There's another Australian speaking out in this debate. It's Dave Sharma. He's a former diplomat. He's now a politician. He's the Liberal member for Wentworth in Sydney. He says taking the games away is not the best way to solve the problems. Look, I think their the motives are good and I don't, don't impugn that at all. I just think um, I, I differ in my view of how effective that campaign will be in, in driving the sorts of changes in behaviour that they want. I mean, I presume they don't want to just, you know, condemn or criticise China for the sake that they want to do it because they want to shift some changes in behaviour. But I think, you know, look, I'm a diplomat by background and by, by training. I always believe in uh, in talking to other countries and dialogue and often the best way you achieve results is if you, if you try and have a conversation with someone rather than sort of, you know, throwing rocks at them. And I think that's the case uh, here. I don't, I don't think, you know, what I know of China's political system and political leadership, I think this will just um, harden... Uh, sort of nationalist opinion within China, it'll strengthen a a victim mentality that they already are prone to having about the whole of the West trying to keep them down or humiliate them. And that's part of China's national narrative about overcoming what they describe as the century of humiliation. Uh, And I think all this will do is sort of feed into those stereotypes that they already have and make them less inclined to listen to our concerns. That was Federal MP Dave Sharma saying that moving the Beijing Games could potentially do more harm than good. Sports studies professor at the University of Sydney, Steve Georgiakis, says that there are other ways to address human rights issues. I don't think we should be um, calling for a boycott. I think the Games should stay with China. And I believe that this clearly is some kind of... uh, There are issues now associated with China which are real and and problematic. As you probably know, there are all the human rights uh, issues related to Hong Kong, the Uyghurs, and and in recent days with Tibet. But there are other mechanisms and structures in place around the world to deal with these various concerns. And what's going on with the Uyghurs in particular is an absolute disgrace. But we have other mechanisms in place, other ways of really uniting as a world to address these issues. Steve also says that sports should be used as a way of bringing people together. It's part of the solution. I think we still, as a world, need some kind of an institution which is above all of this. Like, of course, we have a world war, we cancel the Olympic Games. China invades another country, we cancel the Olympic Games. But before we get to that stage, we should have other mechanisms to address any of the human rights concerns that are going on around the world. And and like I said, the the stuff that's going on in China is an absolute disgrace. So that was Steve Georgiakis, a sports studies professor. Jen, it's a really perplexing issue, this one. I mean, imagine 
if China said to us in the lead up to the 1956 Olympics in Melbourne, well, you shouldn't be hosting the Games because you're separating Indigenous kids from their parents, creating a stolen generation. Yeah, I think if nothing changes in this instance, at least it puts the issue on the table for future Olympic Games and for considerations of the IOC moving forward. That's it for another week of The Briefing, Jan. It is. And if you like what you heard today or this week or the past five months, make sure you tell a mate to subscribe, download, hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, tag some friends in, a, in an Insta story. Show us where you're listening to The Briefing, if you're out doing exercise or if you're having that old age pleasure of commuting, which Re- so many of us have missed Remember this year. that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. A podcast one production.